0: Hi, Dave Emery here. This is for the record program number 1188, the Oswald Institute of Virology Part 7, COVID-19 and the American Deep State. This is being recorded on June 13th of the year 2021. Before getting into the main body of the broadcast, uh, do look at the top of the descriptions of either the Food for Thought posts and or the program descriptions themselves. There is a link with which you can subscribe to the comments that uh, are uh, put forward often, most often by our contributing editor, Terra Fractal. Uh, there is much too much going on for me to cover in the chorus of a single one-hour program. So please, dedicated listeners, subscribe to the comments. Also, at <clears throat> excuse me, at the top of each program description and each Food for Thought post, there is also. A link with which you can, on which you can click to get the WFMU podcast. Sister Station WFMU is podcasting the For the Record programs. And if podcasting is the best way for you to consume the program, then there is a link for you to click on to get the podcast. Also, there is a 32 Gigabyte flash drive containing all of my life's work through, for the record, 1156. And again, at the top of each program description and at the top of each Food for Thought post, there is a link to click on to obtain that flash drive from the sister station, KFJCFM. Now, uh this will probably be a two-part program. There is an awful lot to discuss, and I think that um, in terms of both completing discussion of the context in which the COVID-19 pandemic, or as I believe it is, OP, has taken place, uh, I think taking a look at the evolution of U.S. policy toward China, really starting with Barack Obama's pivot to Asia during his terms, then the open flare-up of confrontation with China under Trump, coinciding with Destabilization efforts by U.S. Intel and apparently also at least in Hong Kong by British Intel, elements of British Intel as well. Uh, Destabilization efforts both in Hong Kong and in Xinjiang province as well. Uh, Under the Trump administration, there is also a trade war. And now in the Biden administration, There is a continuation of the covert ops, a continuation of the propagation of the mythology of genocide against the Uyghurs. Uh, There is a raft of... Uh, steps being taken against China overtly by the Biden administration. And, uh, there is, uh, a continued buildup. For example, uh, the U.S. under Trump withdrew from the intermediate range missile treaty so they could build up, uh, relatively long range, technically inter- uh, immediate-range missiles, uh, as opposed to intercontinental ballistic missiles, but uh, missiles with hundreds of miles of range in order to counter China's ability to dominate its own coastal waters, which is essentially a defensive strategic posture. What we're going to be looking at in this and probably our next program as well is the lab leak Hypothesis, unquote. This was, uh, discounted Early in the pandemic, as we will see, uh, that discounting itself appears to be something of a uh, level one cover-up. And uh, now the lab theory is being resuscitated. And we're going to take a look at uh, several levels of cover-up from a very important, albeit skewed, article in Vanity Fair magazine. But uh, one of the things to take a look at well there are a number of things to take a look at but a few key points of information we will get into these at greater length in the program but by way of giving people an introduction to these uh we spoke in our last program about Anthony Fauci. By the way, I misspoke myself. He's not the head of the National Institutes of Health. He's the head of the NIH, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. That is among the institutions that has been a conduit for the EcoHealth Alliance contracts, mostly coming from Pentagon and USAID, a State Department subsidiary that often serves as a as, as a front for CIA operations, Anthony Fauci himself has presided over EcoHealth Alliance contracts, uh, to research and in some cases apparently perform gain of function Modifications on bat-born coronaviruses through the Wuhan Institute of Virology that I have nicknamed the Oswald Institute of Virology because it, uh, it, it I believe, has been set up in a fashion very similar to the way that Lee Harvey Oswald himself was set up. Now, in an article called "To the Bat Cave in Search of COVIDs." Origins scientists reignite polarizing debate on Wuhan lab leak by Arthur Allen from KHN. I believe that's TV from May nineteenth of twenty twenty one. Note the following: In two thousand twelve, Anthony Fauci, who leads NIH's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases came out in support of a moratorium on such research, that is to say, gain of function research, posing a hypothetical scenario involving a poorly trained scientist in a poorly regulated lab. Quote, "...in an unlikely but conceivable turn of events, what if that scientist becomes infected with the virus, which leads to an outbreak and ultimately triggers a pandemic?" Unquote. Fauci wrote. What Fauci is doing here in 2012 is hypothetically posing exactly the scenario that we are now seeing put out by, as we will see uh, in this and our next program, elements of what I believe is the American deep state. Before getting to our next item, a very important person in general and someone who is extremely important to the information that we are presenting here is Ms. Avril Haynes she was Deputy Director of the CIA under Obama she was a key participant in Event 201 in New York City in October of 2019 that coincided precisely with the beginning of the Military World Games in Wuhan which I believe was one of the vectors uh, that was involved in creating the pandemic. She is now Director of National Intelligence. And as I said uh, in uh, our last program, I believe that the Events 201, along with Peter Bashek saying, yep, this is disease X, were performing in a function not unlike that, elements of the WACCFL and, uh, and other right-wing and intelligence elements were functioning in the lead-up to the assassination of JFK. They were saying that the KGB was training assassins, including assassins, to work in the U.S. That was then used after JFK's killing in what Professor Peter Dale Scott, the brilliant Berkeley professor, has turned a level One cover-up. But note that Anthony Fauci himself, who was presided over some of the EcoHealth Alliance funding for these game of function uh, modifications and uh, research into bat-borne coronaviruses at the WIV, was advancing exactly this scenario himself in 2000. And twelve. Now, note also in an ABC news story from May first of twenty twenty by Connor Finnegan, Trump administration pulls NIH grant for coronavirus research over ties to Wuhan lab at heart of conspiracy theories. Note the following: Many of the scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology had been trained by the U.S. government's. Predict. Project that is under the auspices of USAID, again a State Department subsidiary that is often a front for CIA and they were one of, among the main funders along with the Pentagon of the EcoHealth Alliance that we have looked at so many times. And a very important article that we will be going into at some length in this broadcast And uh, that is from Vanity Fair magazine of June 3rd of 2021 by Catherine Aben, E-B-A-N. The lab leak theory inside the fight to uncover COVID-19's origins. And we're going to go into this at much greater length. But there are a number of levels, even though the article itself, I believe, is slanted in its orientation. It nonetheless has some extremely valuable information. I will be putting excerpts of it in the written description for this program. Uh, however, there will be a link to the article itself, and I encourage listeners very strongly to read the entire article. Uh, the article, uh, it, excerpting it briefly, in one State Department meeting, officials seeking to demand transparency from the Chinese government, said they were explicitly told by colleagues not to explore the Wuhan Institute of Virology's gain-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to U.S. government funding of it. One more time. In one State Department meeting, officials seeking to demand transparency from the Chinese government, said they were explicitly told by colleagues not to explore the Wuhan Institute of Virology's gain-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to U.S. government funding of it. In an internal memo obtained by Vanity Fair... Thomas DiNano, capital D-I, capital N-A-N-N-O, former Acting Assistant Secretary of the State Department's Bureau of Arms Control, Verification and Compliance, wrote that staff from two bureaus, quote, warned, unquote, leaders within his bureau, quote, not to pursue an investigation into the origin of COVID-19 because it would, quote, open a can of worms, unquote, if it continued unquote. and again as the group probed the lab leak scenario among other possibilities its members were repeatedly advised not to open a pandora's box said four state department officials Interviewed by Vanity Fair. We'll go into this at greater length. But basically we have one part of the government warning uh, other elements of the Trump administration not to investigate COVID-19, COVID-19's origins because it will focus on the U.S. funding of those uh, game-of-function experiments. That falls in line directly with what I have been pointing out. In the article by Ian Sample from The Guardian from June 19th of 2018, uh, we quoted from a report uh, that pointed out that with synthetic biology, once the genome of any mammalian virus is online, it can then be recreated from scratch, and or modified from scratch. And when you have uh, US government agencies, including and especially the Pentagon and USAID, funding research through EcoHealth Alliance, whose primary funding sources, as we have seen, are the Pentagon and the State Department, uh, leading to the publication of those genomes, that then sets the stage for the creation or genetic modification of those viruses. And with many of the scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology having been trained by the U.S. government's PREDICT project, a U.S. AIB subsidiary, the possibility of covert operations involving one or more of those personnel is among the things that has to be very carefully considered. Now, uh, very important as well is the fact that as we will see, the lab leak theory is being kicked around as an important propaganda element in the confrontation with China. Reading now from the New York Times of May 29th of 2021, uh, the Times right-wing columnist Ross, R-O-S-S, Dutat, D-O-U-T-H-A-T, I may be mispronouncing his name, why the lab leak theory matters, skipping down. But if we could find out the truth, And it turned out that the Wuhan Institute of Virology really was the epicenter of a -a once-in-a-century pandemic. The revelation would itself be a major political... And scientific event. Bear in mind that Anthony Fauci, who helped, who presided over some of the EcoHealth Alliance financing of research at the Oswald Institute of Virology, as I had termed it, forecast basically presented that scenario himself back in 2012, and that quote hypothetical unquote scenario that was floated by Fauci in 2012 is now uh, basically emerging center stage. Returning again to the Loss du column. First, to the extent that the United States is engaged in a conflict of propaganda and soft power with the regime in Beijing, there's a pretty big difference between a world where the Chinese regime can say, we weren't responsible for COVID, but we crushed the virus, and the West did not because we are strong and they are decadent, and a world where this was basically their Chernobyl, except their incompetence and cover-up sickened not just one of their own cities, but also the entire globe. Again, the lab leak theory is a fundamental Propaganda element in the full court press against. China that we have been covering. Uh, again, in the fall of 2019, before the pandemic broke, I did a series of programs, 1,089 to 1,095, and then again in, uh, for the record program, 1,003, uh, or 1,103, I, th- I should say, talking about the full court press against China. And this was before the pandemic broke. Before we get into, uh, this very important, uh, Vanity Fair article, uh, note the following, uh, and this is from the World Socialist website of June 1st of 2021 by Andre Baiman, D-A-M-O-N, author of Wall Street Journal Wuhan Lab, story wrote lies about Iraqi weapons of mass destruction. Usually I try to avoid, uh, journalistic Sources with an overt ideological bias, although in the, I do, uh, sometimes use conservative and right-wing sources. In this case, obviously a left-wing source. However, it is well documented and, uh, it is absolutely important. One of the key journalists who has been advancing the lab leak theory is a guy named Michael R. Gordon. And that same Michael R. Gordon was among the New York Times journalists who helped to flog the Iraq has weapons of mass destruction and that helped to set the stage for the invasion of Iraq. He worked with Judith Miller in that case and the New York Times, the publisher of the Warren Report, the CIA's number one propaganda asset, itself felt need to correct Its uh, coverage of the run-up to the Iraq War, including a specific citing of one of Michael R. Gordon's articles as misleading. Michael R. Gordon then wrote another apparently misleading article uh, for the New York Times about Russian operatives having been identified in uh, the eastern part of Ukraine. And once again, the New York Times felt obliged to print a correction. When the New York Times does that, you know that uh, there is serious reason to question that story. The article reads, in part, On May 23rd, the Wall Street Journal published an article titled, Intelligence on Sick Staff at Wuhan Lab Fuels Debate on COVID-19 Origin. Citing unnamed, quote, current and former officials, unquote, it claimed that researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology Went to a hospital, to the hospital in November of 2019, shortly before the confirmed outbreak of COVID-19. Two days, as we have noted in our last program, it is not unusual for uh, people in China who have been taken sick to go to the hospital, and their symptoms could have been COVID-19, might also have been the flu, because it was flu season. Continuing with this article. Two days later, on May 25th, Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra, speaking at the United Nations World Health Assembly, demanded a, quote, transparent, unquote, investigation into the origins of COVID-19. The next day, on May 26th, U.S. President Joe Biden called on the, quote, intelligence community, unquote, to investigate whether COVID-19 arose from a laboratory accident, unquote, and, quote, report back to me in 90 days, unquote. Media reports by NBC, CNN, and The New York Times followed. All of them claimed that the Biden administration's actions were triggered by the, quote, new evidence, unquote, presented in the Wall Street Journal article. Within 24 hours of publication in the Journal's report, all of these publications declared that the Wuhan lab conspiracy theory was, quote, credible, unquote. But the article published by the Wall Street Journal, beyond being totally unsubstantiated, and presenting nothing fundamentally new in terms of intelligence, unquote, is presented by a Reed author who happens to have helped fabricate the most lethal lie of the 21st century. The Reed author of the journal piece, Michael R. Gordon, was the same man who, along with Judith Miller, wrote the September 8, 2002 article, falsely asserting that Iraqi President Saddam Hussein was seeking to build a nuclear weapon. That article, titled, U.S. Says Hussein Intensifies Quest for A-bomb Parts, claimed that, quote, in the last 14 months, Iraq has sought to buy thousands of specially designed aluminum tubes, which American officials believed were intended as components of centrifuges to enrich uranium, unquote. The claim was a lie, funneled to the Times by the office of U.S. Vice President Dick Cheney. On may 26, two thousand four, the Times published a letter from its editors entitled, quote, From the Editors the Times and Iraq, unquote, acknowledging that the Times repeatedly, quote, fell for misinformation, unquote. For veteran notes, but we have found a number of instances of coverage that was not as rigorous as it should have been. And this again is from the publisher of the Warren Report. Continuing, <clears throat> on September 8th, 2002, the Weeb article of the paper, again co-authored by Michael R. Gordon, who is uh, the Weeb journalist on the Wall Street Journal article about the Lab Leak theory, on September 8th, 2002, the Weeb article of the paper was headlined, quote, U.S. says Hussein intensified quest for A-bomb parts, unquote. And that report concerned the aluminum tubes that the administration advertised insistently as components for the manufacture of nuclear weapons fuel. It should have been presented more cautiously. Administration officials were allowed to hold forth at length on why this evidence of Iraq's nuclear intentions demanded that Saddam Hussein be dislodged from power. Quote, The first sign of a smoking gun, they argue, They argued, one more time, the first sign of a smoking gun, they argued, may be a mushroom cloud, unquote. In a 2005 article by its public editor, the New York Times acknowledged in relation to the coverage by Miller, including the article co-authored by Gordon, quote, Miller may still be best known for her role in a series of Times articles in 2002 and 2003 that strongly suggested Saddam Hussein already had or was acquiring an arsenal of weapons of mass destruction. Howell Raines was then the executive editor of the Times, and several articles about weapons of mass destruction were displayed prominently in the paper. Many of those articles turned out to be Inaccurate. Polk Award-winning journalist Robert Perry subsequently commented on Gordon's role in the story. The infamous Aluminum Tube Story of September 8, 2002, which Gordon co-wrote with Judith Miller, relied on U.S. intelligence sources and Iraqi defectors to frighten Americans with images of mushroom clouds, unquote, if they didn't support President George W. Bush's invasion of Iraq. The timing played perfectly into the administration's advertising rollout, unquote, for the Iraq war. Of course, the story turned out to be false, and to have unfairly downplayed skeptics of the nuclear centrifuge scenario. The aluminum tubes were actually meant for artillery, not for centrifuges but the article provided a great impetus toward the Iraq War, which ended up killing nearly 4,500 U.S. soldiers and hundreds of thousands of Iraqis. Gordon's co-author, Judith Miller became the only U.S. journalist known to have lost a job over the reckless and shoddy reporting that contributed to the Iraq disaster. For his part, Gordon continued serving as a respected, Pentagon correspondent. Over the subsequent decade and a half, Gordon continued to serve as a conduit for fabricated quote, intelligence, unquote, emanating from the White House, the Pentagon, and the CIA. On April 20th, 2014, Gordon co-authored an article entitled, Photos LinkedIn masked men in East Ukraine to Russia, unquote, which claimed to identify masked men operating in Eastern Ukraine in opposition to the US backed coup regime as active duty Russian soldiers. Gordon wrote <clears throat> now Photographs and descriptions from eastern Ukraine endorsed by the Obama administration on Sunday suggest that many of the Green Men are indeed Russian military and intelligence forces equipped in the same fashion as Russian special operations troops involved in annexing the Crimea region in February. Four days later, the Times public editor was again compelled to retract the claims in Gordon's reporting, calling them, quote, discredited, unquote. The Times led its print edition Monday with an article based in part on photographs that the State Department said were evidence of Russian military presence in popular uprisings in Ukraine. The headline read, quote, photos link masked men in East Ukraine to Russia, unquote. More recently, some of those grainy photographs have been discredited, The Times has published a second article backing off from the original and airing questions about what the photographs are said to depict, but hardly addressing how the newspaper may have been misled. It all feels rather familiar, the rushed publication of something exciting, often based on an executive branch leak, and then, afterward, With a kind of mourning after unquote feeling, here comes a more sober, less prominently displayed follow-up story to deal with objections while not clarifying much of anything. So again, Michael R. Gordon, uh the read journalist on the Wall Street Journal article, has also uh, played a role in helping to float dubious uh claims about not only Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction leading to the debacle in Iraq, uh also uh dubious information about quote Russian troops, unquote, in eastern Ukraine. And now he is hoping to flog the lab leak theory. And again, the lab leak theory was first proposed in two thousand. or was proposed in 2012 by Anthony Fauci himself, when he said about a, a, a hypothetical scenario involving a poorly trained scientist in a poorly regulated lab, in an unlikely but conceivable turn of events what if that scientist becomes infected with the virus, which leads to an outbreak and ultimately triggers a pandemic, Fauci wrote. In 2017, the federal government lifted its paws on such experiments, but has since required some be approved by a federal board. As we will see, it is altogether possible that there was never a real moratorium on game-of-function experiments. We'll probably have to get to that in our next program. Again, there is a lot to discuss. And when we get into the American deep state aspect of this, noting how Biden is basically uh, his intelligence administrator, the intelligence agencies under Biden are carrying over A quote investigation unquote that was begun under the Trump administration. And Abel Haynes, a very important person, is the Director of National Intelligence. She was Deputy Director of CIA under Obama when he began the pivot to Asia, and she was a key participant, as we have looked at, in Event 201 in New York City in October of 2019 that helped to lay the cognitive template for the outbreak of a pandemic which Surprise, surprise, as, as the old uh, musical habit, Wonder of wonders, Miracle of Miracles, just happened to take place. What we're going to look at, too, now, uh, in covering the pandemic, I've been speaking at some length uh, for Really, since the thing broke out, I have been proposing that, in fact, this was not a natural a naturally occurring virus, and that in fact, it appears to have been part of an operation. This was in personal reaction to the uh, basically the uh, dogma of the time, which said, yep, this is a naturally occurring virus. There was an article in Nature magazine and also an article in The Lancet saying, yep, this is uh, a natural virus, and anybody who says otherwise is uh, full of fresh fertilizer. What we're going to look at next, we're going to look at various aspects, and this will probably continue into our next program, and that is an excerpting of that very important article from Vanity Fair of June 3rd of 2021, The Lab Leak Theory, Inside the Fight to Uncover COVID-19's Origins by Catherine Aben. Skipping down. <clears throat> now, we're going to take a look at one of the articles that basically set the tone for, yep, if you say this was, a, was anything other than a natural virus, uh, naturally occurring virus, you're uh, a wacko, a conspiracy theorist. I've heard that one before. And but by the way, there is an individual here, Gilles Demeneuf. when I spoke about the, this D-E-M-A-N-E-U-F, when I spoke about the slant to this uh, Vanity Fair article, he is presented as one of the cutting edge researchers into the lab leak theory. This is a guy who was a data scientist with the Bank of New Zealand in Auckland, New Zealand, and he was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, which supposedly makes him very good at finding patterns in data. This is not a guy who is a virologist or a doctor, and it doesn't appear he has any knowledge at all of covert operations, so note that. However, this one statement he makes is absolutely accurate. But We're going to take a look at uh, how the some of the forces behind the generation of the this-must-be-a-naturally-occurring virus, skipping down in this article. On February 19, 2020, the Lancet, that's L-A-N-C-E-T, among the most respected and influential medical journals in the world, published a statement that roundly rejected the lab leak hypothesis, effectively casting it as a xenophobic cousin to climate change denialism and anti-vaxism. Signed by 27 scientists, the statement expressed, quote, solidarity with all scientists and health professionals in China, unquote, and asserted, quote, we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not. Have a natural origin. Now, a lot of those, as the article points out, were coming from Steve Bannon and associates. Uh, they were also at the epicenter of the anti-China effort, as I have pointed out. Continuing here. The Lancet statement effectively ended the debate over COVID-19's origins before it began. To Gilles Demeneuf, following along from the sidelines, it was as if it had been nailed to the church doors, unquote establishing the natural origin as orthodoxy. Quote, everyone had to follow it. Everyone was intimidated. That set the tone, unquote. Now later on in this article, we find it soon emerged based on emails obtained by a freedom of information group called US Right to Know, that Bayshack, that's Peter Bayshack, the head of the Health Alliance, the apparent intelligence front, or at least in many cases, the intelligence front that was the vehicle for much of the Pentagon and USAID and other government agencies' funding of research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, or Oswald Institute of Virology, as I have termed it, into bat-borne coronaviruses, and that has led to the lab leak theory. It soon emerged, based on emails obtained by a freedom of information group called U.S. Right to Know, that Bayshack had not only signed, but organized the influential Lancet statement with the intention of concealing his role and creating the impression of scientific unanimity. Under the subject line... No need for you to sign the statement, Ralph, unquote. He wrote to two scientists, including the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hills, Dr. Ralph and Barrich, who had collaborated with Xi Zheng Li on the gain of function study that created the coronavirus capable of infecting human cells, quote. You, me, and him should not sign this statement, so it has some distance from us and therefore does not work in a counterproductive way, unquote, Deszek added. We'll then put it out in a way that doesn't link it back to our collaboration, so we maximize an independent voice, unquote. Baric agreed, writing back, otherwise it looks self-serving and we lose impact, unquote. Now, in the aforementioned KHN article into the Batcave. There is some interesting information about Ralph Barish. We have covered him at great length. He was involved in one of the main game of function uh, operations that uh, helped create a chimeric coronavirus and worked with Shi Li of the WIV in this. However, that was done in North Carolina. It was not done at WIV. And an interesting thing here about uh, Ralph Barish. Now, all of the people who are at least quoted here, maybe they said so and it wasn't included in the article, uh, they do not discuss the very important piece of information that was uncovered by that commission led by Michael Imperiali of the University of Michigan that once Uh, the genome of a mammalian virus has been published. It can then be recreated from scratch and or recreated in a mutated fashion. As we looked at, as we have seen in a couple of linked comments, and I will link them in the description for this show as well, uh, there was a wealth of information about the fact that there was research at WIV into bat-borne coronaviruses, including some gain-of-function manipulations. It certainly does not appear to have been a uh, classified operation at all. And some of those may have been uh, performed, in fact, some of them were performed at, at the BSL Level 3 and maybe BSL Level 2s, uh, thereby setting uh, b- b- whoever... Authorized that basically helped us set up WIV for this operation. They helped to uh, set up the, the Oswald Institute of Virology. But notice here for, at the end of the Batcave article, Critics have jumped on this paper. That is the paper Barrett published with Xi Zhengli. Critics have jumped on this paper as evidence that she was conducting, quote, gain of function, unquote, experiments that could have created a superbug, but she denies it. The research cited in the paper was conducted in North Carolina. Last I looked, that is not in China. Note the following. Using a similar technique in 2017, Barrich's lab showed that remdesivir, currently the only licensed drug for treating COVID, could be useful in fighting coronavirus infections. Barrich also helped test the Moderna COVID vaccine and a leading new drug candidate against COVID. We'll come back to this. Research into COVID-like viruses is vital, Barrich said. A terrible truth, he said, is that millions of coronaviruses exist in animal reservoirs like bats, and unfortunately many appear poised for rapid transmission between species, unquote. Barrett told KHN he does not believe COVID resulted from gain of function research, but he signed the science letter, that was from May of this year, calling for a more thorough investigation of his Chinese colleague's laboratory, he said in an email, because while he, quote, personally believed in the natural origin hypothesis, unquote, WHO should arrange for a rigorous, open investigation. Uh, a couple things, first of all, noting that uh, Baric himself, as we have noted in past programs, it was Ralph Baric himself who was selected to reconstruct the SARS-CoV-2 virus from scratch using the very technology that was cited in that Guardian article from June 19th of 2018 by Ian Sample from the commission that was chaired by Michael Imperiali. So certainly Ralph Barrish knows that such things can be done. But I have not seen any statement on the public record where he discusses the fact that it might have just been synthesized from scratch. He knows those things can be done because he was selected to recreate the SARS-CoV-2 from scratch in his North Carolina laboratory. Now, note that he was involved in using uh, game, apparent, apparently game-of-function techniques to test remdesivir. Remdesivir, developed by Gilead Sciences, was developed uh, in part by the military. Uh, we have looked at the development of that, and uh, it appears to have been one of the things that was being tested at the U.S. Uh, Army's Medical Institute of Infectious Diseases in uh, 2019 when the U.S. AMRIID was closed down by the CDC for violations. Note also that Ralph Barish was involved with testing the Moderna vaccine, which was being financed in considerable measure by DARPA. The development of that vaccine was overseen by a Defense Department official who was identified only as, quote, the major, unquote, because the Moderna people said they didn't know if his name was supposed to be kept secret. And note that the head of Operation Warp Speed, the development of vaccines by the Trump administration, or by the scientists under the Trump administration, was presided over by Monseth Slaoui, who was in charge of product development for Moderna, and uh, the, the military basically was involved with that program. So again, uh, it is really interesting. We'll, we'll come back to the End uh, of the Batcave article in the future, but it is more than a little interesting to uh, see Ralph Barish involved with the same military-connected milieu that was involved with developing Remdesivir and the Moderna Vaccine. Now into the uh returning once again to the Vanity Fair article, and we will continue with this in our next program. Uh, the title of the article again, For Web Week Theory Inside the Fight to Uncover COVID 19s origins by Catherine Abum, EBAN from Vanity Fair of june third of twenty twenty one. We read a long Vanity Fair Investigation, interviews with more than 40 people, and a review of hundreds of pages of U.S. government documents, including internal memos, meeting minutes, and email correspondence, found that conflicts of interest, stemming in part from large government grants supporting controversial virology research, hampered the U.S. investigation into COVID-19's origin at every step. In one State Department meeting, officials seeking to demand transparency from the Chinese government say they were explicitly told by colleagues not to explore the Wuhan Institute of Virology's game-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to U.S. government funding of it. One more time. In one State Department meeting, officials seeking to demand transparency from the Chinese government said they were explicitly told by colleagues not to explore the Wuhan Institute of Virology's game-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to U.S. government funding of it. In an imperial memo obtained by Vanity Fair, Thomas Bimano, capital B-I, capital m a m m o former acting assistant secretary of the State Department's Bureau of Arms Control, Verification, and Compliance, wrote that staff from two bureaus, his own and the Bureau of International Security and Non-Proliferation, quote, warned, unquote, in his bureau, quote, not to pursue an investigation into the origin of COVID-19, unquote, because it would, quote, open a cam of worms if it continued, unquote. Skipping down. But for most of the past year, the lab leak scenario was treated not simply as unlikely or even inaccurate, but as morally out of bounds. In late March, former Centers for Disease Control Director Robert Redfield received death threats from fellow scientists after telling CNN that he believed COVID-19 have originated in a lab. And skipping down again. By the way, there are two Christophers here, Christopher Park and Christopher Ford, or Chris Ford is called Chris. Note that here. As officials at the meeting discussed what they could share with the public, they were advised by Christopher Park, the director of the State Department's Biological Policy Staff in the Bureau of International Se- International Security and Nonproliferation. One more time here. As officials at the meeting discussed what they could share with the public, they were advised by Christopher Park, the Director of the State Department's Biological Policy Staff in the Bureau of International Security and Nonproliferation. Not to say anything that will point to the U.S. government's own role in game-of-function research, according to documentation at the meeting obtained by Vanity Fair. Only two other labs in the world, in Texas and North Carolina, were doing similar research. It is not in a dozen cities, Dr. Richard E. Bright said. It's three places, by the way, Galveston, Texas, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and the WIV, Two of those three are in the U.S., continuing about with the meeting uh, that Christopher Park presided over. Some of the attendees were, quote, absolutely floored, unquote, said an official with the proceedings. That someone in the U.S. government could, quote, make an argument that is so nakedly against transparency in light of the unfolding catastrophe was shocking and disturbing, unquote. Now, note Christopher Park, who in 2017 had been involved in lifting a U.S. government moratorium on funding for gain-of-function research, was not the only official to warn the State Department investigators against digging in sensitive places. As the group probed the lab leak scenario, among other possibilities, its members were repeatedly advised not to open a Pandora's box, unquote, said four former State Department officials interviewed by Vanity Fair. The admonitions, quote, snowed like a cover-up, unquote, said Thomas DeNano, again, quoting, and I wasn't going to be part of it, unquote. In addition to the uh Barrett's collaboration on the Lancet article saying, nope, this was a natural virus, and anybody who says otherwise is a wacko conspiracy theorist. We now have Christopher Park, uh, among others, uh, helping to put the damper on investigations in the U.S. government funding of WIV, and it was Christopher Park who in 20 said, one more time, Park who in twenty seventeen had been involved in lifting a U.S. government moratorium on funding for gain of function research was not the only official to warn the State Department investigators against digging in sensitive places. And uh note here is that uh The investigation that has now been continued into the Biden administration was presided over by Matthew Pottinger. Matthew Pottinger was a Major hawk, a former Marine, and he is the son of J. Stanley Pottinger, who is identified in the book "Death in Washington" by Fred Landis and Donald Freed as the Assistant Attorney General under the Ford and Nixon administrations, who uh, helped to cover up not only the the assassination, or of escape, the assassination of Martin Luther King, but the assassination of Orlando Letelier as well. Pottinger is best known, or is also known, as Gloria Steinem's uh, paramour for some nine years, and oddly enough, was defending. Gloria Steinem against charges that she was a CIA agent. Well, Gloria Steinem did in fact work for the CIA and she was proud of it and boasted in our interviews with both the New York Times and the Washington Post about it, saying it was good. Journalistic training. But again, we've spoken about Matthew Pottinger being, uh, one of the major China hawks in the Trump administration, and it is his investigation into the Lab Leak theory that is now being carried over and resuscitated by the Biden administration, and I suspect very strongly that Abel Haynes is involved with that. That is why I'm talking about the American deep state. Continuing with the Vanity Fair article skipping down. By then, Matthew Pottinger had approved a COVID-19 origins team run by the NSC directorate that oversaw issues related to weapons of mass destruction. A longtime Asia expert and former journalist, Pottinger purposefully kept the team small because there were so many people from within the government, quote, wholly discounting the possibility of a lab leak, who were predisposed that it was impossible, unquote, said Pottinger. In addition, many leading experts have either received or approved funding for game of function research. Their, quote, conflicted, unquote, status, said Pottinger, played a profound role in muddying the waters and contaminating the shot at having an impartial inquiry. Presumably that's what we are uh, having now. I <laughs> am extremely skeptical uh, for reasons that uh, I have made very clear. Skipping down again in the article. Believing they have uncovered important evidence in favor of the lab leak hypothesis, the NSC investigators began reaching out to other agencies. That is when the hammer came down, quote, we were dismissed, unquote, said Anthony Ruggiero R-U-G-G-I-E-R-O, the National Security Council's Senior Director for Counterproliferation and Biodefense. The response was very negative. Now back to Gilles Demeneuve, the Asperger's syndrome suffering data, basically a data-crunching a specialist from the Bank of New Zealand in Auckland, who again has suddenly emerged as uh, one of the experts, unquote, on uh, the lab leak theory, reminds me a little of David Ray Griffin, who uh, helped to flog the uh, controlled demolition of the World Trade Center, thereby obfuscating the truth, concerning September 11th. Speaking of Gilles Debenoff and skipping down, he began to receive anonymous calls and there was this strange activity on this computer, which he attributed to Chinese government surveillance, unquote. We are being monitored for sure, he says. He moved his work to the encrypted platforms Signal and Proton Mail, as we looked at in our series, uh, with the, uh, about the consummately important book, Surveillance Valley by Yasha Levine. Signal is a compromised medium, and in fact it is completely opaque, to U.S. intelligence as we looked at. Now, what is really interesting, again, it was Christopher Park who helped to put the kibosh on investigation into the uh, uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology, lest it open a can of worms or a Pandora's box and shed light on U.S. funding of the uh uh, research at that laboratory, which, again, we've looked at many times, through EcoHealth Alliance, uh, largely funded by Pentagon and USAID, other government agencies as well. And it was Christopher Park who helped to lift the moratorium on the gain of function research that was implemented under Barack Obama. As we are about to see, some feel that basically it went on anyway. It was never really impredicted and just, uh, they sort of winked at it. <clears throat> but it was Christopher Park who helped to put the kibosh on any uh, investigation into WIV, lest it open the can of worms of a Pandora's box into uh, U- uh, examination of U.S. funding of same. In the first year of the Trump administration, the moratorium was lifted and replaced with a review system called the HHS-P3CO Framework for Potential Pandemic Pathogen Care and Oversight. It put the onus for ensuring the safety of any such research on the federal department or agency funding it. This left the review process shrouded in secrecy. Quote, the names of reviewers are not released and the details of the experiments to be considered are largely secret. Unquote, said the Harvard epidemiologist Dr. Mark Lipsich, L-I-P-S-I-T-C-H, whose advocacy against game-and-function research helped to prompt the moratorium. An NIH spokesperson told Vanity Fair that, quote, information about individual unfunded applications is not public to preserve confidentiality and protect sensitive information, preliminary data, and intellectual property, unquote. As Peter Dale Scott, the brilliant Berkeley researcher, has noted, and something to take uh, into account in connection with this whole program, the cover-up obviates the conspiracy. But Returning again to the Vanity Fair article, Inside the National Institutes of Health, which funded such research, the P3CO framework was largely met with shrugs and eye rolls said a long-time agency official, quote, If you ban game-of-function research, you ban all of virology, unquote. He added, ever since the moratorium, everyone's gone wink-wink and just done game-of-function research anyway. (laughs) One more time. Inside the NIH, which funded such research, the P3CL framework was largely met with shrugs, and I, Rose, said a long-time agency official, quote, if you ban game-of-function research, you ban all of virology. He added, ever since the moratorium, everyone's gone wink-wink and just done game-of-function research anyway, unquote. Uh, obviously, we have no way of knowing if that's true, but... Um, certainly sounds that way, and uh, again, the fact uh, that the review process is shrouded in secrecy, the names of reviewers are not released, and the details of the experiments are considered largely secret, according to Mark Lipsich. And again, an NIH spokesperson tells them to be fair The quote, information about individual unfunded applications is not public to preserve confidentiality, and protect sensitive information, preliminary data, and intellectual property. Unquote. We will continue with not only the Vanity Fair article, but with uh, this level of analysis, basically putting the information in the Vanity Fair article, the end of the Batcave article, and the others, in the larger context, not only of the full-court press against China, but the continuity of policy from Obama to Trump to Biden. However, we are all out of time, so we are going to wrap things up. This concludes for the record program number 1188. The Oswald Institute of Virology Part 7, COVID-19 and the American Deep State. This is being recorded on June 13th of the year 2021. I'm Dave Emery. Have fun.